Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. This is Abdul Nasser Jengda, and you're listening to the Qalam Podcast. The Qalam Podcast has become an important part of people's lives all around the world. There are millions of people benefiting from the podcast every single day. Thousands of hours of content, dozens of different series from all the different teachers and scholars here at Qalam. All of this is delivered to the community free of charge. We are excited and actively working to grow and increase our efforts to deliver more and more benefit to the community. We ask you to support our efforts and become part of the Qalam family. Please go to qalamfamily.com and sign up to contribute to this Sadaqa Jariya on a monthly basis. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us Jazakumullahu khairan wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi alladhina istafa. Khususan ala sayyidir rusuli wa khatimil anbiya wa ala alihi al-askiya wa ashabihi al-attiya amma ba'd. Today we have a very beautiful and amazing gathering ahead of us. As I spent this week preparing for today's session and going through different biographical works, usually when I'm going through the list of names in a biography, it'll say so-and-so, the son of so-and-so, Omar ibn Khattab, Abu Bakr ibn Quhafa, Abu Quhafa. So it'll have the name so-and-so, the son of so-and-so, so-and-so, the daughter of so-and-so. But today's entry, when I saw it the first time, it brought a smile to my face because it's a very unique name. And the muhaddithun have it listed as Fatima binti Rasulullah. Fatima, the daughter of the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I felt like just closing my laptop and walking away. That has to be the most epic introduction of a person. That it starts with saying, who is this person? What's their story? You find their entry by seeing that they are this individual, Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha, is the daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Her lineage is the most epic, her children are the most epic, and her husband truly was an epic individual as well. Her mother, Khadija radiallahu anha, was the first person to accept Islam. Khadija bint Khawailid radiallahu anha. She was the first person to support Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the difficulties he faced when he encountered revelation for the very first time. She covered him in his shawl and gave him comfort and said beautiful words of praise. The Prophet ﷺ, his merits and his virtue, no one gathering can ever, ever cover them. And from this power couple, Rasulullah ﷺ and Sayyida Khadija radiallahu anha, are born all of the children of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam except for Ibrahim, who was born from Maria Qibtiya radiallahu ta'ala anha. And from the daughters of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the youngest of them was Fatima al-Zahra radiallahu ta'ala anha. She was born a few years prior to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam receiving revelation. She was the moon and the sun in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. She was the beloved of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. She grew up under the care and tutelage of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. A companion who spends a few hours with Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam surpasses mankind. But what about a person whose clothes were changed by the hands of the Prophet of Allah? whose hijab was fixed by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who most frequently had the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's lips planted on her forehead 
as he whispers du'as, praying for her in this dunya and in the akhirah. How do you even begin to understand the maqam of someone who the Prophet of Allah can't even bear her being displeased? Anytime Fatima radiallahu anha faces any stress, whether it's marriage, personal life, with another person, she has this powerful card in her corner that she knows in one swoop will come to save her. The Prophet Being by her side didn't always mean giving her what she desired. It meant guiding her to what was best for her. And she had powerful years with the Prophet because her mother Khadija anha passed away in the 10th year after Prophet. And she isn't to be married for another five years. Most historians agree that her marriage occurs in the second year after migration. Some say it was after the Battle of Badr, and there are other opinions uh, as well. So during these five years, she has the attention of Rasulullah the tarbiyah, the nurturing, the upbringing of Rasulullah She was referred to as Fatima, as was her name. Fatima means to let go of something, to cut off from something. They say that a child, when it stops nursing from his mother, they say, Fatima sabi the child is no longer nursing anymore. Why was she called Fatima? Because she was cut off and protected from the fire of hell. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave her this beautiful name right from when she was a small baby. That this right here is my Fatima. One of her names that she was known by, as Zahra was a known one. You'll hear people say, Fatima to Zahra. The flower of Rasulullah the beloved of Rasulullah She was also referred to as Sayyidatu Nisa'i Ahlil Jannah. For in one narration, Rasulullah said that an angel just came and told me that you are the leader of the women of paradise. She was called Ummu Abiha, the mother of her father. She had such a place with Rasulullah that even though she was the daughter of Rasulullah the Prophet of Allah's respect and love for her was like that that a person would have with their very own mother. Out of all the people, there was not a person who was similar to Nabi in character and also in physical features. Other than Fatima radiallahu anha, no one was as close as she was. Sayyida Aisha radiallahu anha, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam's wife says that it was a habit of the Prophet of Allah that when he would go to visit his daughter, she would greet him at the door and walk him into the house. And similarly, when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam would be visited by Fatima radiallahu anha, he would meet her at the door, kiss her, and then walk her into the house. Except for one time when the Prophet ﷺ was in his final illness. Fatima radiallahu anha arrived and the Prophet ﷺ was incapable to greet her at the door. So they say she opened the door herself and she walked in front of us. Aisha radiallahu anha says, we hadn't seen this walk in so long. Her walk was the exact same walk as Rasulullah And she went and sat next to the head of the Prophet of Allah And Rasulullah looked up at her. He brought her in near and he whispered something in her ear. Fatima began to tear up. She was crying. He saw his beautiful daughter, his heart, so he brings her in a second time and whispers something in her ear and this time she starts smiling. Never have I seen someone's smile be so close to their tears. How does a person cry and then moments later they're smiling? Fatima radiallahu, Aisha radiallahu anha says that I approached her and asked her immediately 
that what did the Prophet say to you? She said that I will not open the secret of the Prophet of Allah. He gave it to me, it's with me. After Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam passed away, she approached her a second time. Aisha radiallahu anha said, tell me, what did he say to you? Aisha radiallahu anha was the wife of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, very dear and special. And Fatima radiallahu anha knew this. So she said to her that when I sat next to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he brought me in and said to me that every year Jibreel Alayhi Salaam would revise the Quran with me one time. This time he revised the Quran with me twice. And this is indicative to my time in this world being limited. So she started crying like any daughter would hearing that her parent is going to soon leave. Nabi sallallahu saw her crying and he didn't like this, so he pulls her in a second time and this time he says to her, does it not please you that you will be the leader of all the women in Jannah? And from my family members, you will be the first to join. How does a person smile at something like this, that soon you will leave this world as well? But for her, the smile represented her love for the Prophet of Allah. Imagine the life of a daughter whose source of energy, her inspiration lies between Khadija radiallahu anha and the Prophet sallallahu Imagine a lady whose inspiration is her spouse, Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anha. That's where she finds her strength. That's what she sees in her life companion. A man who was raised by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He wasn't the Prophet's son, but he grew up in that house. One of the first people to accept Islam, he saw revelation. And she is now in this house. When the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was in Makkah Mukarramah and he endured um, difficulty, when he faced the punishment of the Quraysh, simply because he said, La ilaha illallah, there are narrations that tell us that Fatima radiallahu anha would come and stand by her father's side. At the time, she could be no more than an early teenager, if even that. But when she knew that someone was saying something to her father, she ran next to her father. When in one riwayah, the Quraysh put some dirt and filth on the Prophet's back, and there was no one there to remove it, and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam remained in sajda, someone came and told Fatima radiallahu anha, that your father, they're bullying him. So she immediately comes running to her baba and removes the intestines from his back and she embraces her father. And it was at that point that Rasulullah actually made dua against the scum that had done this to him. When the Prophet migrated from Makkah Mukarramah to Medina Munawwara, it was a very risky journey. His family members could not join him. There was too much risk. The Prophet ﷺ took this journey on with the companionship of Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq and a few others. After arriving in Medina Munawwara, Rasulullah then sent Zayd bin Haritha to Makkah Mukarrabah and instructed him to escort his family members to Medina. It's at this point that um, Fatima radiallahu anha along with a few other family members Umm Ayman radiallahu anha Usama bin Zayd radiallahu anha and others they then arrive as a caravan and meet Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Medina Munawwara she lives with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam she stays in that exact same house in the second year after Hijrah as Fatima radiallahu anha approached the age of marriage Different companions made intention to propose to her. She was the only daughter of Rasulullah's daughters at that time that was unmarried. And not only unmarried, but she had been never married before. And everyone knew the place that she had in the heart of Rasulullah. So, first, Abu Bakr Siddiq, he attempts and he says, O Messenger of Allah, it would be of great honor if I had the opportunity to marry your daughter. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam turned away. 
Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu an and spoke to Umar radiallahu an and said, I, I made a proposal. The Prophet of Allah turned away. It seems as if he's waiting on something. So Umar radiallahu an said, okay, let me try. So he said, O Messenger of Allah, I'd like to propose marriage to your daughter. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam turned away again. They then approached. They didn't approach Uthman radiallahu because he was already married to a daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu They went next in line to Ali bin Abi Talib radiallahu We approached him. He said, no, you should propose. He was shy and said, no, I can't approach. I'm broke. I'm so young. How am I going to get married? Young people, they're usually worried about being rejected. You guys know that very well, it seems. <laughs> they insisted and insisted. Finally, he agreed. He approaches Rasulullah in a very shy and timid manner with few words. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, what happened? He said, O Messenger of Allah, I wanted to ask you something. Okay, what do you want to ask? You have a daughter, Fatima radiallahu anha. Yes, I do. I'm interested in marriage. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam smiles at him. And he says to him, what do you have? I have a sword, I have an armor, and I have my horse, in one narration, my camel. Rasulullah said, you need your horse. Without that, what kind of person will you be? As for your sword, that is necessary to defend yourself and protect your family. Your armor is unnecessary, on the other hand. Go and sell it. Ali heads over to the market, kind of excited that, yes, this is happening. You guys know that feeling too. He's trying to find someone. He bumps into Uthman radiallahu anh. Uthman radiallahu anh says, where are you headed off to? He said, well, I, I might get married soon. But I first need to sell this armor. Who are you marrying? Fatima radiallahu anh. You want to sell that armor? How much you want? 400 dirhams. Here, take it. Uthman radiallahu anh purchases the armor. And then when he's leaving, he says, Ali, take the armor too. And he gives him his armor back. You can see all of the Khulafa Rashidun, Abu Bakr, Umar, and Uthman one participated in facilitating this nikah. Remember this, that how the Sahaba were one unit, how they were one family and one team. Ali one returns to Rasulullah and informs the Prophet of Allah of his interaction with Uthman one to that Rasulullah smiled and made dua for Uthman he saw his team being there for his family. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then from the wealth took a portion and in one riwayah gave it to Bilal radiallahu anh and said to him, go and purchase some fragrance so it can be a gift. The Prophet of Allah then orders Anas bin Malik radiallahu anh to invite the kibar sahaba that go and call the senior companions from the muhajirun and the ansar. As they gathered together, the Prophet of Allah والسلام, then conducted the nikah. After conducting the nikah, he instructed Umm Ayman anha and other companions to walk with Fatima to her new marital home. But he instructed them that when you arrive there, do not engage in any physical activity until I arrive. This is the narration of Imam Tabrani. So they settle down into the new home. Everyone's in place. Ali radiallahu anh arrives. Fatima radiallahu anh arrives. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He sits between them. He asks for some water and he um, washes himself with the water briefly to add barakah to it. And then takes some water and sprinkles it on the chest and head of Fatima radiallahu anha. And then did the same thing with Ali radiallahu anh. And then said, Go, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you with a pure project. He then makes dua of barakah. May Allah grant barakah in this union. And this is where the relationship of Fatima radiallahu anha begins with her spouse, Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anh. 
when she arrived in this new home, Rasulullah sent her with some gifts. A very simple bed platform, you can think. A pillow that had filling of leaves in there. A very humble veil. She had a pot that she would clean things in. She had a mill along with her that she would grind wheat and barley in. Few very basic things. And this shows us right here how the marriages at that time actually were. They weren't very pompous. They weren't over the top like we know today. Yet these relationships were based on sincerity, sincerity and also commitment. They understood what this marriage meant. Ali understood that his marriage to Fatima was no average marriage. He was granted the ultimate gift of Rasulullah And this also applied to Uthman which we covered in his biography. That they treated this honor very delicate. Later on in Ali radiallahu's life, he desired to take on a second wife. It was a daughter of Abu Jahl. The historians they name her as Kulthum, who herself became Muslim. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam heard this, he said to Ali radiallahu what are you asking? Are you asking if she's a good person? He said, no, Messenger of Allah, I know that about her. What do you think about me marrying her? It's tricky because in Islam, it's jayis. The Prophet of Allah also took on multiple wives. But the Prophet in this moment speaks to Ali at a very personal and intimate level. That if you bring this person into your marriage, her father caused tremendous harm to me. Her father was my arch enemy. He was the adu of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How can you gather the daughter of the Nabi of Allah and the daughter of the adu of Allah together? Do you not know how much hurt this will bring to my daughter? And every time I see my daughter's face down, what do you think that's going to do to me? Ali, it's best that you don't take on a second wife. Ali radiallahu anh did not take on a second wife for as long as Fatima radiallahu anha was alive out of respect and honor of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was very involved in her life. Not just from a spiritual perspective, but also at a personal level. Where she needed help, the Prophet of Allah was there. You see that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa was very much involved in the lives of his grandchildren as well. The riwayat tell us that after Fatima radiallahu anha got married, she moved off to her home, which is in another side of Medina Munawwara, the Sahaba noticed that Nabi Wasallam was sad. So they approached the Prophet of Allah and said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, do you miss your daughter? I would prefer that she live next to me. And behind the house of Rasulullah there was an open lot there. Ali radiallahu and Fatima radiallahu anha then relocated there. And the Prophet of Allah when he would pass by their home, specifically in the mornings, he would say to them, Salam be upon you, O people of this home. Salah, salah. Innama yuridullah will yudhim ankum rijsa ahl al bayt wa yutahirakum tafira. Sorry, let me give permission to send this to use Wi Fi. There we go. Everything stopped because of you, Sundas. Alhamdulillah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam passed by their home and say to them, Assalamu alaykum, as-salah, as-salah, innama yuridullahu al-yudhib ankum al-rijsa ahl al-bayt wa yutahhirakum tathira. An ayah of the Quran that was re- revealed regarding the family members of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa The Prophet alayhi salatu salam once said to Fatima radiallahu anha that four women have been given preference over all the women in this world and one of those four women, guess whose name it was? Hers. You are one of the people. Khadija radiallahu anha, Asiya radiallahu anha, Maryam radiallahu anha, and Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha, Sayyidatu Nisa'i Ahlil Jannah. In one narration, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, Whoever makes my daughter happy has made me happy. Whoever displeases my daughter has displeased me. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa in one narration, he said, that out of all the people, the most beloved to me is Fatima radiallahu anha. 
And on the other hand, you have another narration that says that out of all the people, most beloved to the Prophet of Allah was Aisha radiallahu anha. Alama Munawi rahmatullahi alayhi. He has a risala dedicated to Fatima radiallahu anha. He addresses this issue. He says it's possible that from the wives of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the most beloved to him was Aisha radiallahu anha. He's proposing a possibility. As for the women at large, it was Fatima radiallahu anha. And beyond that, there are other opinions as well, how to reconcile between both narrations. And the truth is, both can be true at the same time as well. The Prophet ﷺ loved both of them so much that in one gathering, he announces this. In another gathering, Rasulullah ﷺ announces this. Rasulullah ﷺ was very playful with her children as well. Fatima had five children. Three boys, Hassan, Hussein, and Muhsin. Hassan and Hussein radiallahu anha lived full lives. Muhsin, on the other hand, passed away at a young age radiallahu anha. Historians say he passed away before hitting the age of puberty. As for her two daughters, one of them went on to marry Umar ibn al-Sattab radiallahu anha. He said to Ali radiallahu anha that it would bring great honor to me to be married into the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Hidar Ali radiallahu anhu agreed and he married his daughter to her, to him. And the second daughter of his was married to the son of Ja'far bin Abi Talib radiallahu anhu, Abdullah bin Ja'far bin Abi Talib radiallahu anhu. If we go back for a moment to her marriage to Ali radiallahu anhu, at what age did Fatima radiallahu anha get married to Ali radiallahu anhu? There's a difference of opinion. Most scholars seem to agree that at that point, Ali radiallahu's age was around 21 years. As for Fatima radiallahu anha's great age, there are multiple opinions. Four of them probably stand out more than the others. And they suppose that it was somewhere between 15 years of age and 21. 17, 18, and 21. The Muhaddithun have held all these positions that she was older in age when she married Fatima uh, Ali radiallahu In those days, the responsibilities, and I say those days, just go back a few years, a few decades, and you will see the responsibilities of the home were very taxing. You didn't have washers and dryers. You didn't have coolers. You didn't have dishwashers. You didn't have vacuums. So all these things were done manually. You didn't have... Um, what do they call that thing? The bullet thing that shreds everything for you? Magic bullet. Didn't have one of those. Didn't have a shredder. Didn't have a mincer. So if you wanted to mix something, shred something, you had to do it manual. Fatima took on this new role with great pride and joy. But her husband Ali noticed that his wife was exhausted. One day, there were some slaves that were brought to Rasulullah wasallam. And the situation in Medina Munawara was such that everyone was struggling. So when captives would arrive, and if the Prophet of Allah was going to give people an opportunity to take these slaves, people would come and say, Oh Messenger of Allah, I have a need. Oh Messenger of Allah, I have a need. Ali radiallahu anh said to his wife, Fatima radiallahu anh, that you're exhausted, you're always working. It doesn't hurt to have someone around to help us out with our needs. Why don't you go and ask the Prophet for one of his servants? In one narration, she approaches Rasulullah but didn't have the courage to ask, so she came back home. Ali radiallahu anh said, What happened? She said, I was crying that I couldn't ask. It's too shy. He said, Okay, let's go together. I'll give you support. So the two of them come to Rasulullah together. Rasulullah asked what happened. O Messenger of Allah, I'm, I have to grind the mill all day. My hands are all blistered, tired, I'm exhausted. Taking care of things is becoming a little hard at home. It would help if we had a servant. Rasulullah said, How can I give a servant to my daughter? When the Ashab Sufa are hungry and homeless. 
Thus, Habu Sufar were a group of people who accepted Islam and didn't have anywhere to go. So they dedicated their day and night to studying Islam and they would live in the masjid at the back. The Prophet of Allah said, my niyyah is to uh, sell these slaves and then take that money and contribute it to the Ashab al-Sufar. They went home. Naturally, as a father, this was a big tarbiyah moment. This was a big tarbiyah moment. And it shows us something that the Prophet ﷺ never gave preference to his, his family financially. It's not that he was sliding money here or sliding money there. That under the table you take a check, under the table you take this. Nepotism. That is very common in modern day monarchs and governments. That you'll find in simple basic corporations and organizations. At basic clinics. When I say basic, I mean like there are 10 people working there out of which five people are there purely because of nepotism and have nothing to do with competence. This is the world that we live in where people promote one another simply because of relationships and looking after your own. But Rasulullah he doesn't give to his own daughter. No, he can't. And this is why these people become the leaders of the women of Jannah. Fatima didn't just earn that title simply because she was a prophet's daughter. It's because she had to endure the same sacrifice as Rasulullah The family members of Rasulullah endured the same sacrifice. There are narrations where Rasulullah would come to visit his daughter and he saw her face and said, what happened, Fatima? She said, our messenger of Allah, I haven't eaten anything in three days. And Nabi begins to tear up and says to her, neither am I. Daughter and father alike in this journey together. And if you look over on the other side of the room, Ali radiallahu anh hasn't eaten in days. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at some point sees his grandchildren. They haven't eaten in days. All this sacrifice amounts to something. Their righteousness, their leadership, their knowledge. It all leads them to becoming these great leaders. They didn't become leaders because of blood or because of family ties. In one narration, the Prophet of Allah said to Fatima radiallahu anha, I will be of no use to you on the day of judgment. Build your own account of good deeds. That protect yourself from the fire. What kind of lesson is that to Fatima radiallahu anha? That your dad is a solid guy. You know, your dad is a hundred out of ten, a million out of ten, an infinite out of ten. But on the Day of Judgment, you got to carry your own. This is how you develop people. This is how you develop leaders. That you convey the message of independence to your own children. That I'm here for you. I'm here to guide you. But this walk of life, it's yours. Your walk in the Akhirat is yours. But on the other hand, Rasulullah also knows that his daughter is a champion too. Some of these narrations that I'm going to share with you next are weak. Few of them have also been classified as mawdu' by certain muhaddithun. But since they're to do with fadail, and there is some ikhtilaf on some of these narrations, I'll share them with you. In one riwayah, Rasulullah said that on the night of Isra al-Mi'raj, on the night of ascension, I saw the name of Fatima written on the doors of Jannah. In one narration, Rasulullah said, that the first to enter into Jannah, it'll be me and my sweetheart Fatima radiallahu anha. We'll be walking into Jannah together. She heads back home with her husband. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam realizes that they may be a little sad and a little bummed out that they got turned away empty-handed. What kind of father turns his daughter away empty-handed? Your daughter comes to you and says, I need a high five. What do you do as a father? For those of you that are fathers, you don't put your hand up, you open your arms. This, come to me. Not one high five, two high fives. Not one kiss, a kiss all over your face and more. Baba, can someone put me to sleep? Berta, are you kidding? I was waiting for you to ask. Mama said that kids can't sleep in our room anymore. Doesn't mean Baba's can't go to your room. 
Rasulullah sends his daughter off. Daughters are different. They soften your heart. They melt your heart. Alhamdulillah, I was blessed with three sons. Rowdy, jungly. Fighting each other. Chasing each other around the house. Throwing things at each other. Smack talk. When one uh, gets a point in table tennis on the other, you can hear the whole house shaking. He gets a point and goes, let's go! <laughs> and on the other hand, Allah blesses you with the daughter. And people always said this to me, that daughters are different. I thought it was an exaggeration. I didn't realize. I, like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. But then you realize they truly are. Rahmat, peace, love. The joy that a person receives from a daughter. I apologize, guys. It is what it is. I'm just stating facts right now. They tend to be more delicate, loving. My kids, my boys, I don't think they ever just randomly came to me, kissed me and said, Baba, I love you. I had to like almost get it out of them. Reda, how's your day? Good. Are you feeling any emotions today? <laughs> yeah. Not really. Kind of hungry, actually. Reda, <laughs> I love you a lot. Dad, am I in trouble? This is literally how these conversations go. There's no exaggeration. I love you a lot. Fatima radiallahu heads home without the servant. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he approaches her house at night. He knocks on the door. Fatima radiallahu anha and Ali radiallahu anhu were lying in bed and they were about to stand up. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says, stay where you are. They're lying inside one sheet. Their feet are exposed because the sheet is up to their head. Again, the lesson of simplicity. He sits next to them and says, let me teach you something better than what you asked me. When you go to sleep at night, say subhanAllah 33 times. Say Alhamdulillah 33 times. And then say Allahu Akbar 34 times. Allah will take care of everything you need. Or in terms that you guys may understand, you'll get wings, Red Bull. You'll get through the day. Fatima radiallahu anha is elated and joyed. She's happy. Ah, thank you for this. Thank you for this. Ali says that not one night passed by from that day until the day I passed away that I didn't do amal on this. I didn't act upon this. One that always says, I asked him. One narrator says, I asked him. What about the night of Safin? The great battle between Ali and Ali. And then he said to that person, Not even that night. It was a tough day from but even that night I acted upon this musiyah of Rasulullah sallallahu when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam left this temporary abode Fatima radiallahu anha was covered in tears because she knew that only did she lose the messenger, not only did she lose a teacher, a guide, her support, her source of confidence, but she lost her father. Bring back these relationships and you will have ummah that will shake this world. Confidence, strength, growth, honor. It all starts from a healthy relationship at home. That isn't based on meaningless coddling, but it's calculated exposure and tarbiyah. It's guided. At every step of the way, Rasulullah carefully, he's coaching Fatima through life. Where she struggles, he's there. Where she needs help, he's there. One day, Rasulullah comes to visit her and 
Ali radiallahu anh is at home and it's middle of the day. It's a time that people would usually lay at home and go to sleep. So he asks his daughter that, where's your husband? She says that he was upset. We got into it, so he left the home. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says, don't worry, let me take care of this for you. And he heads out on a search to find Ali radiallahu anh. He asks her on someone says, a messenger of Allah, he's lying in the masjid. I saw him there. A Rasul alayhi salatu salam arrives in the masjid and sees Ali radiallahu anh lying on the ground and he says to him, Qum ya Abu Turab, stand up. Abu Turab is like someone covered in soil and dust. Even though he was going through a patch, a small patch of difficulty, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam being the one that intervened, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam being the arbiter changed everything. And for the rest of his life, he would tell people, call me Abu Turab, for it brings me pride and joy. It reminds me of those words of Rasulullah and that day of Rasulullah. When Nabi left this world, Fatima was in tears. A companion said to her, take peace in knowing that your father will no longer struggle. Man, his life was a crime. Only if the Ummah will ever realize. So then she said, Ila Jibreel That to Jibreel I cry of the pain of the loss of my father. To Jibreel. My condolences are to and from Jibreel And as Rasulullah was buried, she said to Anas radiallahu anh, does it bring you pleasure that you have buried my father? This was just her expressing her emotions. She wasn't angry at Anas radiallahu anh in any way. Does it bring joy to you? that my, like, Do you feel more comfortable now that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has left? Another way of looking at it is that Anas radiallahu anh was the one who said to her that your father will no longer struggle. So her statement that like, are you pleased now? And he's saying, if you want to read it from that angle, that yes, the Prophet of Allah is no longer in any difficulty. So Alhamdulillah, we're in a better place now. Because the last days before the Prophet passed away, his health deteriorated and he struggled a lot. When Rasulullah passed away, Fatima soon after became ill. The Prophet of Allah told her that from my family, the first to join me will be you. And she lived for six months after Rasulullah The rest of the daughters of Rasulullah passed away during his lifetime. The only daughter that lived to see the Prophet of Allah pass away was Fatima radiallahu When Nabi sallallahu passed away, Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anh had a very difficult conversation with Fatima radiallahu anh. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam never saved wealth for his family. He always gave it in sadaqah to the fuqara and masakin, those that were needy. There were some lands called the lands of Fadak that the prophets from there were generally contributed to the family members of Rasulullah for their maintenance so they can also get through some of their needs. When the Prophet of Allah passed away, he said, that we, the group of the prophets, we do not inherit it, neither are we inherited from. And those who inherit from the prophets, innama waratul ilm, al-unama waratul anbiya, innama waratul ilm, that what is inherited from a prophet is knowledge. As a matter of policy, to seal that legacy of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, so no random Harvard, Oxford, Orientalist academic comes with the claim that Muhammad peace be upon him used the whole ruse of Islam to amass wealth and to provide for his family to cut that off right at its at its root, Abu Bakr Siddiq has this tough conversation that the Rasul said this and we heard him say this. And what that means is the lands of Fadak, 
that you benefited from while the Prophet was alive, now that he's left this earth, now that he's left this dunya, those, well, those lands must be returned back to the Baytul Mal and all Muslims will profit moving forward. He says to Fatima radiallahu anha, this is a matter of policy. As for wealth, all of mine is yours. I'm here for you. It's all yours. Take whatever you want from my wealth. It is yours. But the policy is that this land has to be given to the Baytul Mal. The common welfare of the people, even though the Baytul Mal was officially established by Umar ibn Khattab. Fatima and certain Ahlul Bayt family members, they obliged, but they weren't necessarily too pleased with this. There are narrations that tell us that Fatima for some time was, was sad about this outcome. When she was ill and her illness intensified, Sayyidina Abu Bakr al-Siddiq came to visit her. In one riwayah, Ali said to Fatima that Abu Bakr is here to visit you. Do you grant him permission? She said to him, if you're okay with it, I'm okay with it. Abu Bakr Siddiq who was the Khalifa of Rasulullah managing the affairs of the Muslim Ummah, he sits next to Fatima and the riwayat say that he spoke to her and appealed to her and praised her and said good words to her and gave her support and confidence until he pleased her. And he said to her, I won't leave this room until I see you happy. Can't have you leave this dunya while being upset with me. I'm worried. How will I show my face to Rasulullah You have to understand what I did was nothing against you or your family. It was a matter of policy. Some people, they held on to this and made this a claim that Abu Bakr Siddiq was an enemy of Ahlul Bayt. He was an apostate. And this was an act of aggression against the family of Rasulullah This couldn't be further from the truth. This couldn't be further from the truth. If this was the case, that the family members of Rasulullah were displeased with the Sahaba, then explain to me why is it Ali goes on to get married and he names one of his son Abu Bakr. He names another son of his, Umar. He names another son of his, Uthman. When you bring this to this to these people, you know what they say? They say, no, he didn't name his son Abu Bakr after that Abu Bakr. There is another Abu Bakr that he named him after. Okay, buddy. You know that meme where the guy is like jumping over 10 steps, one big step? You just did one of those right now. TK, okay, we'll accept that. We'll concede. No worries. There was another Abu Bakr. Then why did he marry his daughter to Umar Abba, now tell me. His own daughter. Why did he marry? So these are all, now they say, oh, it was forced. It was a forced marriage. If he didn't, the consequences would have been disastrous. Make your mind up. Is Ali Allah forgive me for my next statement, a coward or a courageous, dignified human being? How does a person who tears down the doors of Khaybar who is willing to go to war at Safin and Jabal, get stiff-armed into marrying his daughter off to, in that narrative, his enemy. Does this make any sense? Let's let, us, let's let aside history. Put history aside. Bring it to your own context. Could anyone stiff-arm you into marrying your daughter? Those of you who have daughters, tell me yes or no. Impossible. Unimaginable. If you try to force me, that would not happen. Like you have to understand at how many levels that is not possible. Right? The whole narrative is a big, that narrative is a big mess up. It's a big hodgepodge, weird scenario that you put one patch here, then you have 10 things to explain over there. You explain one thing over there and you have 10 things to explain over here. It's not a consistent narrative. Fatima radiallahu anha, when her final moments arrived, as the days closed in, she said to Asma bint Umais radiallahu anha, I have a complaint. Asma radiallahu anha said, what's your complaint? She said, my complaint is that when women pass away, they throw a sheet over them and the sheet takes the form of their body and their body's curvature is exposed as they're being carried for burial. Asma bint Umais radiallahu anha says, 
that, you know, when I was in Habasha, I saw something there. When they would take their women for burial, they would put branches over them and then put the sheet on top of the branches. So their body form would be preserved and they can exercise modesty even, even after their death. Fatima smiled and said, this is what I want. So when I pass away, be there to wash my body. When Fatima final moments came, she made dua to Allah and she was smiling. The narrator says, we had not seen her smile since her father passed away, right until moments before she left the dunya. But ah, Baba, here I come. And with that, she makes dua to Allah and she passes and leaves the studio. Her janazah was led by her husband, Ali radiallahu anh, and he was also the one that lowered her into the grave. She was buried during the night hours. Soon after she passed away, they buried her. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala elevate the maqam of Fatima radiallahu When you go to Medina Munawwara in Baqiya, we were there recently, and I was with kids, and we entered into the Baqiya graveyard, and I said to them, you see that area over there, that enclosure? That's where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's most beloved, all of his daughters are buried there, but Fatima radiallahu anha is also buried there. What an honor for us to be able to go to her grave and give her salam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala elevate her maqam. May he protect all the daughters of this ummah as he protected Fatima radiallahu May he bless us all with chastity and honor and dignity and draw us close to him as he did with the daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu May her story ring in the ears of every father and every daughter. For those of us that were deprived of such a relationship Thrive to offer it to another. Then I want to be there for my little ones too. Support them, guide them, guide them. Every khatib from the khutbah member, he says, Sayyidatu Nisa, Jannah Fatima. Because that's our shi'at. Who says that the Muslim doesn't love the Prophet's family? The Prophet's family is dear and beloved to us all. May Allah Azawajan accept from us and accept this gathering. وصلى الله تعالى على سيدنا محمد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته